0: Welcome to the 115th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. In a sense, the lack of affordable health insurance in this country has become a major impediment to developing a sustainable, family farm-based type of agriculture. A recent study conducted in Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, North Dakota, and South Dakota found that while 90% of the 2,000 farmers and ranchers polled said they had some sort of health coverage, nearly a quarter of them reported that the cost of health care was causing them financial problems. The farmers and ranchers reporting financial difficulties spent on average 42% of their income on insurance premiums and out-of-pocket health care costs, according to the study. Lack of affordable health care has become a major barrier not only to keeping farmers on the land, but also to allowing beginning farmers get established in the first place. Operating a diverse farming enterprise successfully requires daily hands-on management, something that's not possible when you need to work a town job just to qualify for health insurance coverage, as they face the prospect of higher and higher premium costs an increasing number of farmers are going without health insurance altogether, which is particularly risky given the physical, sometimes dangerous nature of agricultural work. In an attempt to develop a health care system that puts people first and provides affordable coverage to everyone, the Land Stewardship Project has been working with other organizations to bring about reform. One of the areas LSP has been focusing on in Minnesota is the development of a health care exchange. The Federal Affordable Care Act requires that each state set up a health care exchange through which individuals and small businesses can shop for health coverage and compare health plans. Minnesota is currently in the process of setting up such an exchange. If an exchange is created that is controlled by the public and not insurance companies, then it could help negotiate affordable insurance coverage premiums, prioritize racial and geographic equity, and make decisions that keep the best interests of people in mind. Unfortunately, the insurance industry is attempting to take control of any exchange system that might be created in states like Minnesota. One way to highlight the importance of health care reform is to tell the stories of the people who are daily affected by the current system. In this podcast, we are featuring farmers talking about the challenges they face in obtaining affordable, quality health care, and how a democratically controlled health care exchange would help them. First, we'll hear from Paul Sobosinski, a Southwest Minnesota farmer and land stewardship project organizer. Sobczynski describes what an exchange is and why it's so important to create one that answers to the public's needs rather than corporate profits.
1: An exchange is part of the Affordable Care Act for All. It's a piece within the Affordable Care Act for All. Um, it's where an offering of very uh, different plans that would be uh, allowed for health care to occur in terms of insurance. So it would be a method by which people could look at various plans or have plans made available to them. What the uh, federal law provides is for states to set up what we call an exchange. Basically, it's federal dollars that are used to buy down the cost of insurance. That's one aspect. And the second aspect is to be able to look at various plans that do buy down that cost.
0: So the situation we're in here in Minnesota right now is the governor and his task force is kind of in the process of figuring out what this exchange would look like. Give us kind of a summary of what... Kind of it sounds like we could go a couple different directions, and one wouldn't be so great as far as trying to get uh, health care more uh, accessible health care to everybody
1: Well, the two different directions we can go is we can have an exchange board uh, that's set up in this state that is controlled by the people and put in and the people who sit on this board come from people all walks of life in Minnesota, or we can have an exchange board that could have represented on that board insurance industry representatives, insurance company people, brokers, etc., cetera, HMOs, who would then have a strong influence on the outcome of what the exchange might look like. Why that's such an important issue is the current insurance HMOs have given us a very broken system that now offers out a, something that's highly unaffordable, for for many people they're offering diminished coverage for higher costs, placing people's health at at risk in for more and more Minnesotans. It's important that when the final decision comes in, when the governor of the state and the recommendations that go to the governor of the state from the Commissioner of Commerce, for example, that on the exchange board does not allow conflict of interest, does not allow insurance companies or agents or et cetera, be a part of that board. It needs to be controlled by the people of the state of Minnesota being on that board.
0: You know, one other thing kind of related to this, I guess to go back a little bit, is to give people a little background on why LSP is involved with this issue. This is really an issue we saw, I know talking to you in the past, as a sustainable agriculture issue as far as getting affordable health care to, to more people, more rural people out there. Yeah, that's
1: absolutely correct. We saw it because one of the pieces that we have in Land Sturture Project is the Beginning Farmer Program. It helps and assists young people get started in farming. And it's it's been listed as one of the, you know, one of the key impediments for people getting started. And it's just not in farming, but it's also true in, in business. We have a system right now uh, that of all of a sudden, if, if people, for example, would lose their job or if they go from one thing to another, health care stops.
0: That, that's not a system that makes sense. Next, I talked to beginning farmer Betsy Allister, who, along with her husband Andrew, runs a community-supported agriculture operation near Northfield, Minnesota. She talked about how even though they do have insurance, it does not provide the day-to-day peace of mind they need in their business.
2: We're going into our third season. We have a small diversified farm, mostly vegetables. So we have a CSA. We have about 40 shares this year. And we sell to some wholesale accounts and at a farmer's market. And we have pigs, a flock of laying hens, and bees. Um, we're graduates of LSP's Farm Beginnings course as well.
0: You do have insurance. You you feel like you're pretty healthy. You're young and healthy. Um, I don't know. How old are you? 27. And Andrew is 26. So you guys are young and healthy, but... You're farming. It can be a dangerous occupation. You felt like you needed insurance. Um, So you do have a policy, but give us a little background on that. It's not the greatest setup that you got.
2: (laughs) No, it's not. It's about $3,000 a year that we pay for health care, which isn't too bad. It's about 10% of our farming income, but our policy is pretty terrible. I have a $10,000 deductible, so I basically don't have any day-to-day type of health care coverage. That's just, we'd have to hit the $10,000 before it kicks in. Besides, we get one preventative care visit a year. And during that visit, I can't even bring up any sort of ongoing health issues or I'd be charged out of pocket because they wouldn't be considered preventative. So it's
0: really something you could only use for catastrophes.
2: Yeah, it's just for the emergency situation that we get hit with a several hundred thousand dollar hospital bill, and then we figure we'll find a way to drum up the $10,000, whatever it takes.
0: So this must really put a, uh, I guess, must really put a lot of pressure on your farming operation as far as you're kind of putting your business almost uh, at risk in this kind of situation.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And we're definitely looking to try to find some other sort of insurance, but... It's really just tough to try to navigate all the options, and there are options like Minnesota Care, but I'm just not sure that I want to be uninsured for four months, which is what it takes before I could go on it.
0: Yeah, the other thing you said is you you feel like you're fairly um, educated, that you, you, you pay attention to stuff, you've gone to college and all that, but you find the system so complicated that it's very hard to figure out what the options are out there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because when you're trying to shop for insurance, if you're just buying it for yourself, you're really just taking it on the terms of the insurance companies. It means I'm going to the website for Blue Cross Blue Shield or Medicare or whichever it is, and they don't use the same language. They don't compare their plans very well. So, with all the education I can find, my, you know, for myself, all the articles I can read, I still can't figure out what the best healthcare plan is. And even if I can figure out what I'll be paying each month, I still don't necessarily understand what my true health benefits are.
0: Do you uh, do you know a lot of farmers in your situation, kind of your age and maybe uh, maybe other generations as well?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, many of our farming friends, our farming mentors are often uninsured. I think that it's a really common prevalent problem. And a lot of people are just scared one way or another because they're uninsured because they're underinsured.
0: Have you had a situation where you felt like mm, I should have went to the doctor, but I don't uh, you know I can't afford that uh, that deductible?
2: Yeah, definitely, and we're lucky because they've just been really minor things, but you know, things like I cut my finger badly last summer and I definitely should have gotten stitches. I still am now dealing with it every day, and it's not terrible, but you know I could have prevented having this this pain and the scar tissue and all that if I'd just gone to the doctor, but we just don't feel like we can afford it when sort of daily things like that come up. The idea of having an exchange that's set up fairly by people of Minnesota seems like a really good first step because, at least as I imagine it, that would mean that I would have an easier time navigating the system, at least. that There would be choices put before me that did sort of clearly explain the different health plans. Um, and I think we could eventually do even better than that and just sort of guarantee health care coverage for everyone but i think that this is still a really important first step and would make a lot of difference for folks like us
0: next we'll hear from western minnesota beginning farmer chad kingstrom who recently spoke at lsp's annual family farm breakfast at the minnesota state capitol kingstrom has no health insurance a situation that actually brought him to the brink of losing his home
3: three years ago i had a management position in the landscaping industry i had insurance through my employer I paid about 40% of my monthly premium. The company I worked for went out of business as a result of the housing crisis. Fortunately, I was offered an opportunity as the hired man on a corn, soybean, and sugar beet farm, where I work now. As a result of this change, I make about $10,000 a year less than I made at my previous job. Until this past January, I made $13 an hour. I still have no paid vacation or sick time. I'm grateful to be working, but I've had to make hard choices to align my bills with my income including the home I bought in 2007. I paid $32,000 for my house. I injured my back in the fall of 2009. I developed a bulging disc. I was unable to stand up straight or do a full day's work and missed work to get treatment. Without health insurance, the cost of my treatment was my expense. I didn't want surgery, but without health insurance, I couldn't afford it anyway. Fortunately, my uncle is a chiropractor in Watertown, South Dakota. He didn't charge me for treatment, but I did have the cost of gas. Eventually I found a chiropractor close to home, but I did have to pay for my treatment. I had to make a choice. I had to pay for treatment so I could work or pay my bills. It cost me about $2,000 for three months at a time when I had just enough money to pay my bills. As a result of these costs, I was two weeks away from losing my home. Along with my full-time job, I'm trying to start a small business growing trees and vegetables. There's no crop insurance for what I'm doing. Now I'm healthy and current on my mortgage. I do my best to be accountable for my health. I don't smoke, and although I'd like to lose a few pounds, I'm not overweight, but accidents happen. One serious accident or illness is all it would take to bankrupt me. I have a quote for private health insurance. It's unaffordable. Under the new health care exchange, my premiums would be about 6% of my income, rather than 13%. Don't we want people starting businesses and new farmers to reinvigorate our rural communities? the cost of health insurance is forcing people to put their ideas on hold and stay in their jobs simply for the health insurance i'm on the board of housing and economic development in renville county i see this issue as a barrier to economic development we have an opportunity to make changes to the health insurance system changes that provide affordable solutions for hard-working people not simply corporate profits
0: finally southeast minnesota farmer leslie Hodgson talks about the difficult decision she and her husband brad made when they dropped their insurance coverage. She recently joined several other LSP members at a meeting involving Minnesota Commerce Commissioner Mike Rothman. There, LSP was one of a half a dozen groups that told Rothman about the importance of a health care exchange controlled by the people it serves, not the corporations that have created a broken health care system in the first place.
4: My husband and I have a small farm down in southeastern Minnesota. On the farm we also have a small woodworking business. My husband's a cabinet maker, so we're self-employed from two different directions. We have been without health insurance for approaching two years. It was just a financial decision. It was, the, it was April and every April the premium just went up. And then, so the premium went up and that helped make the decision. And then I think we got a letter that informed us that our uh, deductible had been raised from three or 4,000 up to 6,000. And, and it, that just came in a letter in the mail. So we were at 500 a month with a $6,000 deductible. If you, uh, if you do your premiums plus your deductible and divide that by 12 months, you're at $1,000 a month. We, you, know, you, you pay all that in your premiums, and then you don't have the money to go for any kind of preventative or any type of small stuff. You don't have any money left after your other bills and obligations. We really don't want... Insurance companies handling the healthcare care ins- exchange information. It has to come from people that are non-biased. It's, it's way too complicated to get the information from an agent or somebody that has a financial interest in it.
0: For more information on LSP's work around health care reform, See www.landstewardshipproject.org. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore@landstewardshipproject.org at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member... Visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening.